So Stephanie Remberg, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank and you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I was going over your, you know, I, uh, you sent me some info about you. Um, you know, maybe what a month or two ago, we, we, we were trying to schedule uh, this episode. So visually impaired, legally blind singer songwriter and YouTuber. Yes. So uh, uh, before, you know, we get into some other stuff, tell me a little bit more about that. And, and uh, you know, the challenge, I guess, you know, the challenges, not to mention everything else that's been going on the last year, but the challenges with that, you, you mentioned YouTube's hard. <laughs> YouTube like is hard. Yeah, I don't know. That's a lot to cover. Um, singer, songwriter, I guess I'll start. I've been singing forever. I, well, as long as I can remember, at least. <laughs> um, I started, I guess, my debut. I lived in Turkey for a while because I'm a military brat, and I... Our embassy was very tight-knit because when you're overseas, your embassies are, are pretty tight-knit. And so my best friend's mother decided she wanted to start doing musicals and performances over there, wanted to start directing them because she had, you know, been a performer herself and now she wanted to, you know, start directing them. So my first musical was actually, it's called Jambalaya. She just took little snippets of multiple shows so she took some of charlie brown some of annie and some of the sound of music and put it all together in one musical which now that i think about it sounds interesting but <laughs> it worked and i was snoopy and charlie brown so that was my debut and i actually had my own like solo song and dance that was literally called supper time it was about food <laughs> like um and then i've just been singing and performing since then and then when i was in college i found my producer, manager, whatever you want to call him, Alex Hooten, who has his own um, like artist development company. And I've been working with him and I, uh, you know, wrote some songs and had them recorded in New York with him a while ago. We were actually supposed to release the songs uh, in the midst of COVID, like last summer or even before last summer, but COVID put everything on a halt. So it didn't, they didn't get released until pretty much the end of this past year. Um, going on to the visually impaired, I guess, should I just go down the line of everything you said? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I mentioned a lot. Uh, visually impaired. I actually haven't been legally blind my entire life. I was born with 20-20 vision. And then when I was nine, uh, my genetic disorder started to kick in, and it's called Stargardt's. It's the juvenile form of macular degeneration. Have you heard of macular degeneration? Yeah, I have, but 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 I'm not too familiar with it specifically. It's just um, it's like a a slow degeneration of the eye, essentially. So I kind of just it seemed at first like I just needed glasses, but then there were no corrective lenses that were doing anything for me. So it's just like my eyes get very, very, very slowly like worse over time. So um, I'm not totally blind. A lot of people don't understand like what legally blind even means. Uh, it just kind of means that your vision's poor and corrective lenses don't really fix it. So um, I'm, I am, I am, yeah, I am familiar with that difference that, you know, it's, yeah, where yeah. you can still see, but like you said, there's, there's no corrective lenses. Oh, I should get, I should show you. I just got this sweatshirt. I think that defines it pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to start wearing it. I should have been wearing it. This is kind of what you were getting at. 
I don't know if you can. I can, I can see, see, but I can't. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> right. It's complicated, right? Yeah. I can see, but I can't. Yeah. Basically. So let me. So you know, like you were mentioning, so you're 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 able to function by using a smartphone, using YouTube, using Instagram. You're able to play it back and like func. Uh, I, and I and I hope I hope I'm coming off. I hope I'm coming off the right way. But, but <laughs> no, you're fine. But you, as long as you don't ask me how many fingers you're holding up, it's totally fine. Never ask somebody who's blind <laughs> <that> question. <laughs> no, that's only for drunk people. Yeah. Exactly. Well. That's so funny you say that. I literally just finished up like editing a video. Um, well, almost done editing. I'm still like color correcting. But anyway, it was um, like rude questions that you shouldn't ask blind people. And so the first thing I say is that like never ask somebody how many fingers you're holding up. And I was like, when is the only time in your life you ask somebody that? And I was like, when when someone's just like come from being unconscious or like what you say when someone's drunk, like why would you ask somebody like, a normal person just walking around like oh how many fingers am i holding up i'm right. like what do you what does it even tell you first of all like how does no anyway yeah yeah no i mean i i get that and, and you probably have a better perspective of that but as far as mm -hmm. you know maybe having dealing with somebody with a concussion that just got knocked out and they're and and i saw somebody get choked out um it's funny you mentioned oh. you know be, being an <laughs> army brat so I, I was at a combatives uh competition with the national guard like 10 years ago and and this this person got choked the fuck out wow and they were and, and it took them it took them like you know 20 minutes to to bring the soldier you know back to like awareness like it was just staring around wow. you know foggy eyes but they they were doing that for that and if they're right. not answering the right question and it's right in their face that is where maybe drunken or completely drunk completely blitzed high out of their mind or just choked yeah. choked the hell out from you know combatives competition but it was bad <laughs> it was bad like come on you gotta tap out tap right out with, no, tap out, yeah tap out with five fingers or you're gonna <laughs> like you're not gonna know what how many fingers i'm holding up but. right yeah but yeah it's i mean it, but yeah it sounds like i mean as far as your visual impairment goes it sounds like it's still you're able to use editing software really normally actually like so i don't have central vision so that middle part is like i wish it was just a solid black hole but anyway doesn't matter it's like a swirling blackness and then everything around it is still there it's not 2020 but the rest of the vision around it is just like blurry so i don't use a cane or like a guide dog or anything. I mean, I walk around, pretty much the only thing I can't do is like drive and read things that are that are printed. That's pretty much where the difference ends. And then I'm slightly, a little bit colorblind. Like women don't really get colorblind. It's actually pretty much found in men, unless it's associated with another uh, disorder, which is mm. what mine is. But really like my color blindness, all it means is if something is like really, really, dark or really really light sometimes i'll have issues like saying is this blue or purple like that's an easy one that i mix up a lot um but i mean like other than that it's pretty pretty normal actually most people don't really know it when they meet me um until i tell them which i don't always tell people because well <laughs> yeah just as you came on it just came just as you came on to uh, zoom and i was you know rebriefing myself with your bio and i was, I was like wait a second but, you know, listen, I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit 
you know, there are those natural preconceived notions, I guess, mm -hmm. that it's like this person does not look. But when, but then again, I, I have been familiar with the phrase and, and the technicalities of what is legally blind. If, mm -hmm. you know, before I got PR, before I got uh, laser eye surgery, and if I didn't have glasses, then legally I would not be able to drive. So legally, I'd be, I guess legally I'd be blind at that moment to where there's no way I'm going to be operating this vehicle. My vision was pretty bad before I got laser eye surgery. And now, mm -hmm. and, but, but now, you know, it's all, it's a whole new me, but uh, yeah, enough of, uh, enough of that. So, you know, well, I guess adding on to that, uh, mm -hmm. have you been, how have you been impacted? What, uh, what, what have you been doing lately? You know, uh, how have you been impacted by the current current state of affairs? Well, here, one second. I just realized the door to my bathroom is like open. And <laughs> I feel like people don't want to look at my planet. <laughs> um, so let me close that. Um, this is like the, the beauty of filming at home, right? And mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you've got all your crap for the world to see. <laughs> I... Honestly, I think I've been pretty lightly impacted by COVID just because nobody in my in my life has really been affected by it health-wise. My brother did get it, actually, so his wife probably got it too, but um, they just quarantined for a few weeks, and that was fine. I had a COVID scare at one point, but I got tested, and um, it wasn't wasn't COVID. It actually wasn't even a COVID scare. I just got sick, and the doctor, because everybody's getting COVID, assumed it was it was COVID. So mm -hmm. she's like, no, you need to get tested. You absolutely have COVID. And then, and then it wasn't COVID. I was sick for like a day and it was just my throat. But anyway, I, um, really the only thing that's happened is that I moved in with my mom and my little brother just temporarily while COVID is going on. And I've actually like loved that. <laughs> yeah. I'm 23 and I haven't lived with my parents in a while, but, um, <laughs> It's kind of nice because my mom's Russian, so she's like constantly cooking and always cooking for me. And she's just like been doing my laundry, which I've kind of like tried to make her stop, but <laughs> it's, it's been pretty nice. And then I, I like watch movies and TV shows with my mom and my brother all the time. And so I don't know, I've been pretty, been pretty happy. Also, one thing about COVID is it kind of put everybody on the same ish playing field yep. as me because I have to do everything electronically anyway, pretty much all the time, right? Mm -hmm. because I can't read things that are printed. So now when I hear my little brother is going to school, you know, virtually, I'm like, I wonder if that would have been better for me to go to school virtually because when I went to school, at first when I was younger, I was using magnifiers, which are like not that effective, not that efficient. And then later on I had an iPad and was using that to do all of my schoolwork and my testing and stuff. And so I was like, this is, uh, uh, might've been better <laughs> if I had done that for uh, school. But. My wife's, well, my wife's a third grade teacher and there are days where she spends hours trying to tell these kids how to figure out how to use their camera. Mm -hmm. unmute, unmute yourself. No, now mute yourself. No, <laughs> turn your camera off. We're not doing that yet. Don't stop screen sharing. And then, you know, they got to like, you know, kick them into another waiting room and then they got to get like corrected or whatever. And she says, you know, when it, when it was her, I mean, obviously she's, well, me and the whole family. So me and the wife and the, uh, he's about to turn one now, but our baby boy, we, all three of us mm -hmm. got COVID. 
um, uh, from the from the Capitol, um, the whole National Guard fiasco at the Capitol. So, hmm. uh, you know, that was that was a whole shit show in and of itself. But you know, the right. whole family, the whole family got COVID, and you know, I was thinking about what you were you were saying. You didn't get it now. There's all these concerns about people with pre-existing pre-existing pre conditions. Your right. condition, your condition wouldn't. Would that be a factor? Would that be you know like an or is it or is like or is vision, so. is, vision impairment is not? It's not really a health condition. <laughs> um, I don't think there's anything. I mean, I think that's mostly with pre-existing health conditions. Like if someone has a compromised immune system mm -hmm. for some reason, it's but. All that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm called, they actually have a term for what I am, which I think is pretty funny. My vision specialist in high school told me it's called vanilla blind. And what it means is that you have a visual impairment, but you have nothing else going on. Like that's not normal about you, which is apparently like actually kind of um, unique, even like less normal than <laughs> the condition I have as being vanilla blind. The only thing that like the reason I'm visually impaired and the reason that my eyes are the way they are is because my body, my specifically, I think it's called my like ABCA4 gene is messed up and I can't process or my eyes. It's, it's interesting, actually. It's like a paradox. Vitamin A is really bad for me, which mm -hmm. vitamin A, you know, is what people say is good for your eyes. Like eat carrots, like it's, you know, vitamin A and it helps your eyes. But for some reason, my eyes cannot process it and so it just gunks them up and that's why like very slowly over time they get worse because i you know i can't really like cut vitamin a out of my diet and like right. stop consuming it so i don't really think yeah i don't i don't think there would be any association with covid it doesn't do anything mm -hmm. else i just i mean unless covid a is like an injection of vitamin a for some reason i don't know <laughs> No, it's not. No, it's not. So, yeah. so, two, so, so two singles, Hourglass, Stop, Drop, Reset. Mm -hmm. So are these self-published or you have a label? Yeah. So, well, they're kind of self-published. I'm working with um, AHM Media with Alex Hooten. So he's like my producer, manager. I really just wrote the songs um, and then I worked with him to actually record them in NYC. And then on his end, I don't know if it was specifically him, but you know, he has a whole team because he has his own company. They did the mixing and mastering and, and set up my Spotify and my artist bio and everything. So they've taken charge when it comes to like the logistics and mechanics of artist development. And then I've just been focusing more on the creative side and, you know, really getting myself out there on social media because Alex made it pretty clear to me or was gave me the hard truth that if you want to be in the music industry or any kind of entertainment industry nowadays, like you have to have social media. There's just nothing around it. I mean, I guess you maybe don't have to, but yeah, it's kind of unrealistic <laughs> if you um, want to do it and then don't have social media. With all this, you know, with all this free time that, that we've had, um, uh, a couple of my partners really stepped it up with music production. And what I was thinking is, you know, what if we did the opposite, you know, like, like you're saying, you know, artists are always on Instagram, putting, putting themselves out, putting their, maybe putting too much information out there or really just flaunting themselves. 
But if, mm-hmm. what if we did, what if we just remained like super mysterious or just created like this whole facade and pushed like this bullshit facade? The music is obviously the key. The music is obviously like the, what it is that we're pushing. But if we put something completely, you know, like, you know, uh, Daft Punk wears helmets, you know, Dead Mouse wears a big mouse thing. And, and, and it took years. Oh, okay, yeah. It took, it took, it really took years to figure out who these, people who these guys were mm-hmm. i mean i think dead mouse took out to i don't think daft punk ever took off the helmets uh i think that somehow a picture got leaked without them on and 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 i don't know what happened with that and i i never i don't i think i never saw it but mm-hmm. you know like just creating this whole like kind of fictional facade behind the music we actually produced or something like that and well um, i think a facade is kind of like still what musicians do anyway nowadays like yeah. having a brand is such a strong part i mean you're not going to get anywhere without a brand right like lady gaga's story is that she was going nowhere with her music and as an artist and then somehow one day was able to have a conversation with kiss and asked the you know whoever she was talking to in the band or the whole band like how did they get their feet like how did they get known um and they said it was all about having an image and obviously kiss has an extremely strong image (laughs) and what they look like probably one of the strongest looks out of you know any artist of Mm -hmm. any time uh and that's when she started like getting ridiculous and became like this very theatrical person and you know before that wasn't like lady gaga that's not really who she is so i mean i understand what you're saying with like the helmets and whatnot technically i guess you you could completely conceal who you are the point is to just make it obvious who you are to the rest of the world so i I, you do you know what i'm saying like it kind of eventually she took the facade off she took and and now you know we're very now we're familiar with the lady gaga that's just really right. just her you know like more of like the 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 raw but she had to like kind of make an impression i mean prince was famous for doing that yeah years ago he was very outlandish um mm-hmm. and 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 he even till you know like up until his passing he was still like show up and completely change his style and still you know big ridiculous wardrobes and and big shows and stuff like that and uh and, and you know some artists are like that and then some are and some other artists are just very you know like just blue jeans and a t-shirt there was a there was a there was a metal group called helmet it's funny we're talking about helmets there was a metal group called helmet and their whole gimmick their whole style was polo shirts and cat and like cargo khaki shorts like they were preppy kids from maybe a boarding school that did metal and and they and they i don't think they ever went anywhere really but that was just the whole gimmick like just regular dudes you know banging out some metal tracks they did a they did a a a collaboration with house of pain Mm i i kind of i kind of fell in with them because they did a collaboration with house of pain on the soundtrack judgment night which is like in my it's an old school 90s soundtrack which Mm -hmm. was pretty much the start of metal rap but it, it was to the point where metal, would, rap? They, metal rap, you know, like Limp Bizkit. Metal rap is. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it came and went real quick, you know, like Limp Bizkit or Rage yeah, Against it Machine. Like it. <laughs> metal uh, but yeah, like, but this album was like the, the very beginning, you know, like uh, Ice-T with rap 
and with Slayer or uh, Cypress Hill would, would rap with Pearl Jam. So it was like rock rap or metal rap. Oh, then, gotcha. okay. yeah, yeah. And then Limb Biscuit came around and, and, and that was just in and of itself with their, you know, rapping with metal or whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like this group, this one group helmet or, or then you got Gore. Did you remember, you said you were in your 20s, so you probably don't remember Gore. I don't think so, no. G-W-A-R. -G yeah, these guys were over the top. I mean, they had like horror shows and they were dressed up like monsters. That sounds great, honestly. That sounds and, like and, a <laughs> I mean, their, their music wasn't, their music was okay. I, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't want to dump on their music, but these guys started a lot when it comes to, let me see, I'm going to pull this, pull this up. <laughs> I mean, these guys started, started a lot. And then you ended up with groups like, uh, then you ended up with groups like Insane Clown Posse. You end up, end up with groups like, uh... oh, wow. <laughs> you know they're dressed up like demons and like you know medieval executioners with zombies and stuff like that and it's just and and all i ever heard was you know like the show was great it's like yeah. it's like it's like wrestle it's like wrestlemania in the year it's like wrestlemania in the year 3000 heavy metal or whatever and it's just yeah insane. i think sometimes brands go a little too far like if you do something like that that's gonna get you noticed for sure and you might blow up for a while but then you know sometimes how much can you like you said like lady gaga now we know more of who she is but if your brand is so over the top yeah then people don't even i don't know like going to just who you are just seems like a really far like far way to go <laughs> yeah and i don't think it happens can happen sometimes and so. it's funny and it's funny you mentioned kiss because i remember i think it was in the mid to late 80s kiss decided to go on a tour with no makeup and no wardrobe you know just <laughs> you know you, you know like nice clothes but no makeup you know just re their regular faces and everyone was like who are these ugly dudes man this is not kiss we don't want to see these guys and so like the next tour or I think they just finished out the tour. They brought back the wardrobe. They brought back the makeup. You're right. Then you get stuck in yeah. that whole gimmick. Yeah. But yeah, you have to differentiate yourself enough, but not so much that then nobody wants you if you take off all the wardrobe and the makeup, you know, so, right. which is hard to do. I don't know. There's so many with social media, especially because like everybody's connected to everybody now being different take some effort and <laughs> no. finding ways to, to, to stick out. Um, that's something I've been like, I've been doing a lot of like research just since I like started on social media. It's like when you got to learn how to do it because <laughs> I don't think I had edited a video since I was like 11. So <laughs> like I only started like a year ish ago, a year and a half ago. I finally was like, okay, I really need to get my shit together <laughs> and do some social media. So you got to learn how to actually, you know, like create it and produce it. And then you got to think of ideas of, of, of what to create. Um, and then you got to learn all of the social media algorithms because, you know, you could be putting out great content, but then if you don't know anything about the algorithm, then it's not going to go anywhere. So, I, I, I can't even keep track. And, and, you know, as far, as far as this podcast goes, this was our third attempt yeah. at a podcast, you know, even before, even before quarantine, I want to say, I think we tried it in 2018 
we and and I don't, I don't know what happened with that 2019 i think it was 2019 it was about a year before even before we heard of covid mm-hmm. that my buddies we were just about to start a podcast one buddy moved to virginia another buddy moved to colorado so i was doing the whole virtual podcast even then but it was all clustered it was like i had to have them both call into both skype and google hangouts because i and then only take skype and then only take one video from skype one video of, from Google Hangouts and then my video from another camera, but they could, oh, rough. <laughs> it, it was rough. Technically, it was a technical nightmare. But then the yeah. second, but then the second this quarantine happened, I said, listen, I lost all my gigs. So, and another buddy said, yeah, I lost just about all my gigs. And I'm, I'm you know, he, and we're all always, you know, doing like a little, everybody, everybody, well, at least we were on Robin Hood that before quarantine but now everybody's on robin hood trying to you know win the stock market and and, mm-hmm. and and change and beat the stock market but i said listen we'll do our we'll do our third attempt at this podcast and it's been going pretty strong especially because of taking advantage of the opportunity especially because listen just about everybody and their mom was like yeah i'll, I'll jump on the podcast why not because they didn't really have anything going on at you know, in the beginning of the quarantine anyway, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's just about like, like for me, it's not, ha- it's not about like studying trends, studying algorithms. First and foremost, for me, it's just been like doing what I want to do and just freaking doing it. Right. And, yeah. Well, that's also really important, which a lot of people like neglect to do. So that's good. <laughs> you know, like, just, you know, pull the trigger. Like, listen, we got nothing going on. We tried the podcast before. I think I got the kinks figured out. Let's try it again. Mm-hmm. And people seem, you know, well, well, the my guests seem to like it and are intrigued to come on, but still, mm-hmm. still working on this viewership and trying to figure out this algorithm and figure out like what's going to make this thing grow, grow further and bigger than what it is. But, um, yeah, I can give you no. tips if you want. <laughs> I've been studying the algorithms like a lot. Well, basically anything that I can like find on YouTube for helpful videos or like read articles online. I mean, YouTube is different than Instagram. Pretty much those are the two platforms I've been focusing on and like learning about YouTube and Instagram. I don't really know anything about podcasting, but I could definitely teach you <laughs> with YouTube. If you don't have TubeBuddy, that would be my first recommendation. Okay. Um, what was that? Tube buddy. Tube buddy. Yeah, T U B E, and then buddy. Tube buddy. All right. It's actually it's approved by YouTube. I don't think it's actually part of technically part of YouTube, but it is a company like approved and used by YouTube, and it's a browser extension. Uh, pretty much what it tells you. It's really cool. I'm gonna make a video on it at some point because everybody who wants to be making videos on YouTube should be using. TubeBuddy, pretty much what it does, what I use the most from it is it's keyword explorer. And so you can type in words. So um, like for you, you type in like a podcast interview with artist or something like that, like something that has to do with the videos that you're creating. And, or like for me, the video that I'm gonna be putting up like probably tomorrow morning, uh, I just typed in the keyword explorer, like read questions to ask, blind people because that's pretty much what I think the title (laughs) and what it does is it tells you like one it tells you the actual search volume like how much is this being searched for and you know it's all on like a a scale pretty much where it's like red to green they do have a point system and then 
it shows um, the other two factors are like basically how much is being searched on YouTube and then how much, like how well you would rank if you put that as your tag for mm -hmm. the video. So what you do or what you should do, because I didn't know what to do for tags for, for videos, is you just go on TubeBuddy and you type in all the, the relevant keywords and key phrases for your video. And then whatever says like that it's going to do really well, like, you know, very good, excellent score, then you put that as your tag. And so I updated all my videos with that. And now, okay. even though I don't put up, even if I don't put a video up one month, which I mean, I really should, but I've been stronger with Instagram lately. I'm still getting like hundreds and hundreds of views just from updating those tags because it's like putting my videos in recommended based on all these tags. And and, and that, I mean, based, you, just, you need to do it. <laughs> based on the tags of view, of what videos, what other videos viewers are watching, then yeah. it puts your video in that recommended bracket. Yep. Yeah, so my um, you just have to choose the tags that work well with you. Like if you're a cover artist, um, but you're brand new to YouTube and you you know you want get like ten views per video, making a tag just cover song like that's not good enough, right? Like <laughs> the YouTubers who have millions of subscribers, they can put cover song as their tag because they have enough pull on the the algorithm on the on the search engine where it'll actually pop up for them. But if you're if you're new to YouTube and you have to come up with more creative like phrases and like phrases are important like I tried first questions not to ask a blind person and then it was like um, a score of like 47 or something so then I typed like rude questions to ask blind people and then I think I tried one more where it was just like rephrasing that title and it gave me a score of 100 so literally just finding unique ways that someone might type, like someone happens to type something out that might be a little less common than what everybody else is doing. It's really cool. I mean, like you should use it. It's very helpful. <laughs> I, I I wrote it down. I wrote it down. Yeah. So what I like, what I ask a lot, I I have had a few musicians on here. I've had a few, uh, yeah, musicians or you know things of that nature. So, but what I do ask a lot is like. The question is, have you been back on set? But for you, have you been back on this, back in, back on set, back in the studio, back in the recording studio, back on stage? Uh... So for me, I've actually, like the thing that I'm pushing a lot right now is what I've been talking about, the social media. But so for me being like back on set, I have been working since um, November-ish with a lot of, local digital creators. So um, there's photographers and cinematographers, and I actually found all of them just via Craigslist, which was surprisingly useful. Mm -hmm. um, but So I've been doing a ton of photo shoots, which is really nice, um, just because I was trying to get that, that experience. Um, but then finding cinematographers and videographers is a little more difficult uh, because I don't know, the way my makeup artist put it one day was pretty nice. She's like, anyone can really be a photographer nowadays. Like your phone is basically a camera. <laughs> um, and then anyone can just go online and like buy a nice camera and then use Lightroom and say like that they're a photographer. So finding photographers was super easy for me, but now finding cinematographers was a little more difficult. But now I'm actually um, developing 
I have so many projects <laughs> in the early development stages, it's ridiculous. But I am developing these way more like higher quality, high higher production value quality videos for YouTube because I've kind of gotten a pretty good handle on Instagram from all the photo shoots and then the research on that. And now I'm trying to like focus my way to YouTube. And one thing I want to do is really like let my brand like explode from the videos that I'm creating. So I'm making some really weird videos. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're they're going to be odd. The one that I'm most excited about, which is the one I'm pushing to like get rolling and uh, filmed as soon as possible is going to involve like a fuck ton of cake, which sounds... I don't know what it sounds like actually, but I'm gonna have cake like all over me for this video and I'm really excited about it. Um, but basically the, the videos are, um, they actually have like concepts and ideas behind them now because for a while I was just making the videos of like, oh, I'm standing in front of a camera, I have my microphone, I have GarageBand, I'm recording it, I, you know, sync it up with the footage and then I upload it online. And that was just, one, it doesn't like get too many views because I mean, so many people are putting up videos of them just singing, right? Um, but then also I find it kind of boring, like someone just sitting there and like singing. And then I was watching some YouTubers that have the higher quality videos where it's kind of the same thing. They're just singing with their guitar, their piano, or just their microphone. But the difference is they have a nice camera and they have like, a cameraman walking around so it's more dynamic rather than just a camera sitting and like filming them but I found those kind of boring too so now I've been finding songs that inspire like a concept for me or an idea and then really pushing it especially if it has like a message so that one that has to do with the cake the um the idea behind it and the message behind it is really just um commentary on body image and eating disorders so I took a song that I thought I could like see the lyrics fitting that message and then I'm going to record it and then we're going to do it's almost going to have this haunted feel to it um, of this video and there's going to be a lot of cake involved and it's, it's I mean there's going to be wardrobe and props and an actual set and I'll have my makeup artist with me and a photographer will be there and, and my videographer and so it's going to be like that's my set now <laughs> that I have been creating nowadays because um, the only recording I've done is NYC and I can't really go to New York right now. I don't think their travel restrictions have been lifted since July from Virginia. So, so you're, you're back, you're in, back in Virginia now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm yeah. Virginia. Hanging out with my mom in Northern Virginia. Good old Nova. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, everything, my, my set has been, pretty virtual like everybody else but then yeah um I have like huge plans for videos which I'm really excited about but coordinating a video with just yourself is like also hard and took a while for me to figure out and now I'm trying to coordinate with like four or five people my makeup artist is even she's like she's awesome she used to do a lot of PR had her own disabled veterans nonprofit, so she really knows about I don't know whatever you would know from having that NPR and she is like suggesting that I get some like production assistance like some PAs like for my projects and things so who knows I might have like five or six people Craigslist. 
on set and it's a lot of people to coordinate. <laughs> um, well, I, well, you know, there, there's a lot of opportunity to, you know, get some PAs that are willing to work for student credit. And there's a lot of, that's true. There's a lot of, there's, there's a lot to make up for when you don't have the cash, you'd have to do a lot of paperwork on the back end to make sure they get their credit. Right. They could, they could do it as a, as a, internship or they could do it as an independent study and you just got to and and you as the person that they're doing the independent study for or with or her, whatever there's just a lot of extra paperwork i i did that quite a bit and we had to um i would get you know i would be an ad on a number of independent projects in baltimore and i would yeah. put, and i would just call towson university that i graduated from yeah what's the word for that alma mater my alma mater is towson university I graduated from, I'm an alumni of Towson. So Towson would be my alma mater. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't but I would call, I would call up the film department there and say, Hey, uh, and, and still knew, I don't know. I don't know who I know there now, but you know, mm -hmm. back then I'd call them up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm AD in another film. I'm AD in another indie TV pilot. We need PAs. Send me as many PAs as, as you got send me as many students that want a PA on this thing as you got, send me the forms that I need to fill out. And I was just doing checklists and we were saving, you know, a thousand dollars a day, but we get these kids credits to graduate and Very right cool. out the gate, you know, it's, it, it's not like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of film students will leave school with the same freaking package, you know, but, but with a film, I PA'd on this film. Yeah. That's different experience actually, you know, working on a film set as opposed to, you know, I remember everybody, everybody had the same editing project, editing the same scene from the same movie. Yeah. And, and, and like the editing project is just seeing how you piece together these cuts, maybe being yeah. creative. And then they send it to like, you know, a couple of local production houses. And this one guy called me and said, dude, how many times am I going to see this truck stop scene from, <laughs> seven, some, from 700 different kids trying to be an editor for me? Yeah. And then, and you realize like, yeah, there need to be like these newer, fresher opportunities where someone jumps on. It's like, I was a PA on uh, gain, this movie, Gainful Employment for, mm -hmm. for two weeks. Yeah. All right. That's, that's different. That's new. So, right. yeah. But, but, but for cool. you, I mean, that's an opportunity. You know, you put out a Craigslist ad or you call, you know, this is a media thing. So, you know, you look up, you look up a couple of media departments, media departments from a couple of local universities and say, you know, do you have some, you have some, uh, you know, students that want to want a PA for, for credit, independent study or internship, whatever the case. I'll definitely do that because I'm already, George Mason is pretty close to go. where I am. And I've been on there. I just recently joined, um, someone suggested that I join it. Um, they're, they're just their email list for like, it's called like George Mason film calls or something. And, you mm -hmm. know, they, put out stuff and so I thought like eventually when it comes to the the execution point of the projects to put out an ad for for PAs but I didn't know you could do it for like credits or intern I should definitely pitch it that way and try to get some people because my my makeup artists and my videographers and photographers it's all been um like collaborative I haven't been paying anyone so all of our budget has been going towards the actual creation which has been nice but yeah with the PAs should do that. That's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah. I'll look <laughs> Definitely because you know, like I don't know what it's each each university probably calls it something different. Towson University's department is called like electronic media and film. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so you just look for that department, film, right, de- yeah. film department, media department, uh, whatever, whatever department that is that has that major, that, that's, you know, the department for that major. And you get a hold of the, the director of the department, the assistant director of the department and say, hey, you know, if I want to offer someone an internship or, or if I want to offer somebody an independent study, do I need to sign off? Do I need to tally their days or do they do their own tallying and I got to sign off on that or whatever? Is there a right. form I got to fill out? Because I've, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, these three films. I'd love to get your students on there. It's ultra low budget. So we, yeah. can, pay, we can pay them with credit. Or whatever, yeah. whatever the yeah. case, you know, and and I've done that a number of times and brought a bunch of bunch of kids, bunch of kids on these film sets, um, mostly with, mostly with, you know, great outcomes. There was one, there was one film that bottomed out. I called everybody and said, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back to this film. I highly suggest you don't. You do whatever you want. You're all grown ups. You're 18 and over. But right. I'm I'm quitting this film for a whole slew of reasons. Da 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 da. I made sure that word got out. And I mm-hmm. think, I, and I even called Towson and I said, listen, I'm, I'm jumping off this film. So I think all your, P, all your students that are these PAs, mm-hmm. these intern PAs should jump off and look for something else. I apologize. It's out of my hands. I left the production, but all the other productions turned out phenomenally and ended phenomenally. Everybody got paid out, you know. It's so. very cool. I wonder how I could, cause I, I mean, mine aren't really like films, um, you know, they're just going to be shorter really videos, but there's, you know, it's going to be quantity versus it, the, the length of time. But it, but it's film and TV. I mean, and also nowadays, you know, this social media thing is a thing. It's a huge thing. Right. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, you know, million dollar, billion dollar industries dedicated to social media, which then what, what am I going to be watching on YouTube? It's going to be a 30 second to five minute video. But yeah. These are, these are million dollar, billion dollar media corporations that are churning these things out so Mm -hmm. this this is a business so you as an as an independent artist Mm -hmm. you're you're gonna get these pas to help out and they're gonna they're uh they're gonna get um they're gonna get a taste of what this whole social media thing is and it's an industry so just like film and just like TV, same with social media. It's an industry. And so if they're, you got makeup PAs, you got wardrobe PAs, you got prop and set PAs, you got somebody manning a camera, you got somebody manning a microphone, uh, maybe somebody editing, I don't know. But yeah. it's like, you can, like, I need, I need an, I need an editor. I need a, I've have a, I have a couple of projects where I need someone, it would really alleviate me if I had someone just converting footage. Mm-hmm. and converting stills then that would take that would that that would alleviate me of of hours out of my week and, right. if, I, and if i had someone if and if i had one assistant editor doing some stupid dumb simple stuff but based on the viewership of the show right this other web series based on the viewership of it based on i don't know like it's kind of a fan series. It's not exactly original like your stuff. Original, original. It's mm-hmm. kind of the, the concept is super original, never been done before. But it's more of a fan series because it's taking place in either the DC universe or the Marvel universe. So mm-hmm. I don't know how Universe is going to look at that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but with your thing, I mean, you've got you've got you've got a foundation. You've got a track record of being a musician, of being an independent artist of original, original, original stuff. You've, you've been represented by a legitimate 
artist representative agency. So for you to take all that and be like, listen, I'm, you know, launching this whole social media platform. It's Instagram, it's YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'd love to get some PAs on here. And it, you, even if you throw the department a, you know, like a, like a, like a package, like a pitch package, you know, like here's what uh, I have in, here's what I have in mind. And yeah. it's not, it's not just, you know, stupid home videos. I'm going to yeah. have all these schlubs, you know, doing all my grunt work for it. This is a legit, you know, launch of a brand and of, and of a, of a music career and, and, and a furthering launch of a music career and so on and so forth. Because my connection with the department is I graduated from that department. Right. Yeah. And the films were being produced within, you know, a 25 mile rate within the 25 mile radius of the university. So it, sometimes it was Baltimore County. Sometimes it was Baltimore city. I think one, uh, one time or two, it was, Howard or Montgomery County, they were mm-hmm. willing to they were willing to make the commute out to the set. Mm-hmm. But I had a direct line to a number of people that were my professors or my directors at the mm-hmm. university, mm-hmm. and and then and, and 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 you know other times they called me in and I was a judge at some of the university's film festivals. And then so then mm-hmm. I would call them. You know, we it was this it was this steady relationship that stayed kind of connected. And then I would call him again, like, hey, I'm ADing another film. You know, send me some contact info of students that want a PA. We're looking for, we're looking for PAs again. Right. That, that's like more of a direct connection. Whereas you, you probably don't know anybody at George Mason, but if you were to put that package to together, you went to what? I went to Virginia Tech. So that's a little too far now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Virginia. So, Mm-hmm. But, but like you get a hold of the director, you send him an email, detailed email with a PDF, you know, package to him. And you say, right. this is, this is what I want to, th- this is what I'm looking for. Right. Yeah. And here's my, here, here's my channel. Yeah. Check out my, check out my channel. And they might suggest, yeah. you know, and, and not to be, not to be misogynist, but they might suggest like three, three, three female students. It could be women in film. It could be women in media. Then you, you could start targeting specific demographics like, uh, you know, women in film, people with specific uh, targeted career choices. Like they, there might be people that want to do hair and makeup and it doesn't have to be just women. There, there might be people that want to specifically target hair and makeup in film mm-hmm. and TV. And this is, this is within media. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I am. I'm, t- I'm, I'm taking a look at, Oh no, go ahead. I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm, yeah i'm taking a look at your channel and and so like yeah i mean you could you i could i could definitely see you getting away with you know three pas one one hair one makeup one camera yeah i am i'm thinking maybe because you said like pitching a package my youtube channel right now has been like all my own videos but you know i like i said i have i'm working with a lot of people right now so i think after i get that first video um hopefully maybe the one with the cake i don't know but you know like a higher quality like where like a lot of work went into it and planning and whatnot i could send that one over and then i think they would like that yeah yeah Yeah, because in in my case yeah i've got i've got two seasons of these two uh i've got two seasons of the two series Mm -hmm. so they've got a total of four seasons to watch and say like okay i i get your vision i get that and the other thing Mm-hmm. we still, I really don't need anybody on set. 
it's all yeah. about like it's all about converting footage gathering footage being almost like a researcher even though it's fictional you know mm -hmm. but you know like the i those id crime shows it's produced a lot like those id crime shows so you always have like a research producer an associate producer that's in charge of research and, mm -hmm. compil and compiling you know crime photos and news footage and 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 things of that nature and then you've got an assistant editor who will you know sync like you said sync video with audio and there's a shitload mm -hmm. of that to do Mm -hmm. And and that takes up that takes up just a week of my time. Whereas I could I could be focusing on other stuff. They knock out the very simple stuff because they're students. Yeah, they need right. to learn. They need to learn that grunt work. I've been doing that grunt work for over a decade now. I've, right. I, yeah. You know, it, but if I get them on board to do that, I can pay them in credit. I can pay mm -hmm. them in school credit. Shit, graduate. That's how I graduated. Yeah. I sucked. I sucked. I sucked in school. There was two ways I graduated and I, and I had to suck it up. Taking all those core classes that you don't give a shit about. I took all those core core classes in mini mesters, winter, winter mini mesters and summer sessions. And mm -hmm. I, and, and, oh, sorry about that. I thought it was on silent. <laughs> you know, I took all those core, those, those bullshit core classes in the summer and in the winter still had you know like a good two weeks to spend with spend the holidays with the family still had a good mm -hmm. month and a half to go do something over the summer but the but 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 the trick is i've now i'm well i'm I've, i'm well graduated now i graduated 16 years ago right yeah those <laughs> teachers don't give a shit they're mm -hmm. gonna pass you they don't give a shit they're there to make a quick yeah. buck so as far as mm -hmm. those bs core classes go winter mini masters and summer sessions yeah and then i started excelling when i finally got into the production classes and the editing classes the post the, the production and post-production classes where you're actually what was your major? film and tv film and tv okay yeah. was it um a specific like path that you had or was it just very broad film and tv is what it was called well so Towson University has electronic media and film department, and you got three tracks, audio track, TV track, and film track. So I chose, okay. the, so I chose the film track. But then as far as film goes, I, I kind of dabbled in everything. I mean, obviously, I want, want to write, produce, and direct, and I'm finally at that stage where I'm writing, producing, directing, and even acting, and a shitload of stuff. Acting just happened because a whole nother, whole nother thing, and i only been acting for like six six or seven years now mm -hmm. but but um it was always you know like everybody wants to write produce and direct and i finally kind of like did so much that i'm at kind of at that level now especially with my web series is mm -hmm. super ultra low budget i mean what where else are they going to get uh distributed you know they're going to get self-distributed on youtube so their new media web series whatever you want to call it but um I, I focused on a lot of camera stuff, audio, editing. And so as when I graduated, that's what I was, I, I kind of was a jack of all trades and a master of one or two, but a jack of all trades because I had to fill the schedule. Yeah. And, then, and, then I, and then I enlisted in the DC National Guard. And so that involved Army basic training, Army military police school. So I was gone for a good six months total 
for basic training and in, in military police school. I got right. back, I got back, but drill will, you know, drill, you know, National Guard, you got drills, you got your standard one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. Mm-hmm. But, but as things progressed, you know, somebody, a couple of people made it, made a number of comments where I realized that was my acting school and I should start, you know, trying to book myself into law enforcement roles, military roles, as far as an actor goes, mm-hmm. but also, also to do that, to fill the schedule, be on set network. I'm on set one way or another. So to, so going back to what you kind of said, like where, what's, what's my track or what's my, my discipline, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, you know, well enough that, you know, if an actor is a struggling actor, so they get into real estate or they, be, or they get into bartending as a backup, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to fall back on their backup. Yeah. So, you know, like Schwarzenegger, you know, said there was no plan B for me. Yeah. I only set a plan A it's do or die. And that's why I succeeded at my plan A because there was no plan B. There is no other route to go. Yeah. But for me, you know, like, you know, there's only so many Schwarzeneggers in the world, but (laughs) for me, it was like, okay, if, if I'm going to have a fallback, if I'm going to have a plan B, Mm -hmm. it's still going to be within film and TV. Mm -hmm. So there, so there was live streaming. There was, there was live streaming, live events. There was concerts, there was camera, there was audio, there was, uh, uh, editing, there was uh, TV studio, you know, directing, remote cameras, uh, there was podcasting. Now there's the this remote work. I mean, I'm doing I'm doing a lot of big budget gigs, corporate and industrial gigs that look just like this podcast. That's how I got it because then I started doing this podcast, and then those people I was doing live stream gigs with called me up and said, "Dude, I saw your podcast. We're doing the same thing, but for industrial clients. We're going back to those." conferences those live events we all those corporate events and conferences and webinars mm-hmm. and seminars but it's all just done in zoom now and i'm like yeah i'm on board and so yeah. it, was, it was like but just staying within audio video and, mm-hmm. and and it's that discipline to kind of compromise and sacrifice but then during covid i did not take i had to, i had to suck it up and not take any gigs on set until mm-hmm. i think my first gig back on set was december 12th Okay. Yeah. It was a while. <laughs> of, uh, yeah. So it was about two months ago. Two, so yeah, it was, it was a good seven. No, it was a good uh, nine months, not yeah. taking any onset gigs. And mm-hmm. then, and then December 12th of 2020 was my first acting gig back on set. And I don't think I've done any crew work on set I've done. Mm-hmm. And then I went, and then I did another acting gig. I want to say like in the beginning of February, I did yeah. another acting gig and it's been, it's been few and far between, mm-hmm. but now me and the whole family got COVID. I got my second shot vaccine. My wife's got the first shot. She's got the second shot coming up, but the whole family got COVID. So we, mm-hmm. now we have the natural antibodies. We're not too concerned about. So now, yeah. I'm, now I'm way more open about going out on set, but it's just like, what, who's doing what and where still very yeah. minimal. That's funny you're talking about like plan A, plan B. So I did go to tech for, um, actually I got a bachelor in science. My family's like very academic focused and, and based and no one's really into um, the entertainment industry or like more creative side. And so I was doing, you know, theater and music my whole life, but my parents were never really like pushing me towards that. It was pushing me towards like the sciences pretty much. So a I more went stable, a more blue collar, yeah. or a more white uh, collar, a more stable. Yeah. So I had, and you know, 
I loved college and I, I did, I love like learning. It's not like I'm against science. <laughs> like I loved my major and everything I learned. And so from 2019 until only like the beginning of January, I had my first uh, job, which was like in the corporate world. And I really hated it. Like I hated it so much. It wasn't even, um, if it were nine to five, like maybe that would have been fine. But my company, like no one really had, set hours and you just had to work until you got your work done right and i i mean the average work week at my company was 50 hours and then there were weeks i was clocking almost 60 hours and as someone who's like visually impaired like that is exhausting mm -hmm. and um just on top of it they like were really unappreciative as a company and they weren't like motivating in almost any way. Um, one of my coworkers one time was like, yeah, our, our motto is work hard and like, that's it. And I actually, the person I started with, um, she's like not liking it there either. So um, anyway, so left that company and I've been focusing on just the artistry. And plus at that company, I was making like a shit salary too and so when i'm finally like telling my my family this year they're like no i just want to like focus on on the music and making uh you know start making money and income on social media and start creating a personal brand and really like growing that um i told my parents or my mom at least has always been like oh well like you know there's the phrase like starving artist and i'm like well you know what i'd rather be poor doing something I like doing than me being poor in like this shit corporate job. Like, cause I was not getting any salary. And then I was living in Arlington, Virginia, which is so expensive. Like mm -hmm. now I haven't been working since um, the beginning of, of January and I have a new job starting up um, anyway, like for just like to have an income. Cause obviously I need some sort of <laughs> income until I can make enough from music and, social media but um i have now in my bank account like almost like 10 times more money than <laughs> i had at any point during the year i was working because all my money was going to rent basically and i was paid such a low salary that like you know i couldn't even save anything i was like 15 months of or no not 15 months but like 13-ish months of of working and i couldn't even pay like two or three months of rent if I wanted to, if I didn't have a job. And I was like, this is pathetic. Like, why would anyone do this? And so I said, screw that. And so now I'm, I mean, I am going to have like um, another job starting up soon, but it's actually someone, it's with a department that I had an internship with. So I already know, like, I really like them and I like the work atmosphere. So that'll be totally fine. But I, I'm feeling somewhat like Schwarzenegger, I guess, in the like screw plan B. I'm gonna <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna gonna do I mean like really the only way I'm gonna fail is if I give up and I don't really plan on giving up until I'm like what sixty if, if nothing's happening then sure, but I'll be retired by then. So Right. <laughs> like, I mean I mean like so you know the the, the key for me too was live living living well under my means. Mm-hmm. You know, the problem that bites people in the ass is they live well over their means. Yeah. And, and, you know, I didn't have a smart TV until after me and the wife got married and, and the, and we would, and she would, she's a, a master at finding sales and deals. Yeah. And, and my first HD TV was a hand-me-down, like a buddy gave it to me because he got something better. 
But yeah. I, mean, I think I think the mid 2000s, maybe even the late 2000s, I still had like those old fat square TVs. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and somebody of mine was like, dude, I got an old HD TV. You know, I can give you it's it's pretty big. I got something even bigger and better. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll take it. Why not? And I took it. And I'm like, glorious, you know, but way later, because that was the discipline. That was that was the lifestyle. When you say starving artist, I'm not starving because I'm I'm putting food. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm putting food. I'm putting food in my body. I'm, you mm -hmm. know, paying what bills I need to pay, but I excluded everything else. I never, you know, I didn't have a credit card. Well, I had a credit card, paid it off, dumped it, and then I didn't have a credit card for the longest until me and the wife got married, and then we started looking at like, you know, if we do have this credit card, there's these benefits, and you know, yeah. both, there's both of us monitoring this one credit card that, you know, mm -hmm. we'll we'll be cautious about, and so on and so forth. But it's it was it was the discipline of no i feel that <laughs> ma major minimalism yeah ma no, ext extreme minimalism and and what's what's important uh you know uh I, I had people tell me like don't sacrifice what you want today don't sacrifice what you want tomorrow for what you think you want today i was right. like i don't i don't need to go out to the bars everyone but but i was such a minimalist that i actually could go out to bars and party with friends every so often i would go i would go out and then it and then it turned into making that prop making that into a product on YouTube, you know, yeah. cr crazy exploits out on the town. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we go back to the crib and we just you know talk shit for hours at night. Mm -hmm. And I would start using bits like that, using bits of those moments in my videos, and it would mm -hmm. be funny. And then that kind of turned into a thing. And then that kind of and then that built onto another thing. And then that thing built onto another thing. And mm -hmm. it's like I and and it realized if I'm going to do something then that something has to be a part of two the two other things that i'm doing yeah yeah that's yeah no it's talking about the minimalist yeah when i first uh started my job and then i don't know it's so funny when you look at a salary and it's your first salary you're kind of like wow this is such a big number and then when you divide it by like 12 months and then you know each week and then each day you realize how small of an amount you can spend and i was really like my family was getting on my ass because I was just like not even <laughs> um even like buying that I was like eating frozen meals which is I mean maybe more because I was being a little lazy I didn't really have time like I was putting 50 hours of work of like 50 hours a week into my work and then on top of it like every spare moment I had I was putting into like learning about social media and like creating content for social media um but I mean I wasn't like I used to like get massages and get my nails done or, you know, go out to the bars. And actually Blacksburg is so nice because when you go out to the bars in Blacksburg, you can get, you know, during happy hour, you can get a triple for $4. And that's like crazy. And then I came to Arlington. I was like, I can't even get a drink for less than $15. Right. Here. Ridiculous. And so I stopped going out um, because of like one, the money, but two more, just like I couldn't keep up with my, lifestyle of having essentially two jobs like a full-time job and then also the other full-time job which is social media and so I totally and I hadn't I now that I like stopped my job and I've been with my mom since uh the beginning of this month just since the beginning of, of February and I hadn't had to pay like the rent the one month um I finally like bought a computer which I haven't actually ever bought a computer the last new computer i had was a laptop that i think might have been used 
when I was starting college. And so, and then this desk chair literally came in yesterday. This was like, I didn't have a desk chair for the longest time. I was sitting like in a wooden chair like, for the longest time. So now I totally understand the minimalist thing. Like I was just putting off every expense that I could just so I could like save and, and have money for, I don't know, I mean, for living and for creating content. Yeah. <laughs> so it took the lifestyle down like a few notches. But, oh, the other thing that you were saying, like how you started doing the, um, taking snip pieces of like you going out with your friends and stuff. I find that so funny how you said like that turned into like content for you and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Cause for a while when I was watching YouTube, you know, the, or maybe you do, maybe you know, PewDiePie, like mm -hmm. that, yeah. So he, I watched like in the very early stages of me learning about YouTube, his video on like how to get your first thousand YouTube subscribers or hundred, whatever it was. And he was talking about like how he really only started getting subscribers when he had this more niche concept of what, like horror video games or something. He, he, it was always, he started with gaming and then he found a way to like niche that down. And that's mm -hmm. when he started getting subscribers. And so for a while I was trying to figure out like, how can I niche myself? I always found the like visual impairment as its own niche, which it is, but like that's not enough to just like be legally blind. There are plenty of legally blind um, YouTubers. So I only really started thinking about the like the concept, the videos and photo shoots that I'm planning and, and executing right now when I started doing, I made a Craigslist ad for photographers, for TFP photographers and started doing photo shoots. And then it kind of reminded me of like how I used to watch so much top model growing up, like with Tyron Banks. And they'd always have like concepts to their photo shoots, which were or like messages behind them. And so that like led me into the ideas that I'm having now that I think are really like gonna be different from what everybody else has on, on YouTube. But I just found it funny that you said like, once you just went out, doing stuff you like took footage of it and it like led to something else i'm like oh well that's kind of ha what happened to me i like i couldn't sit down and think of like okay what can i do what can i like create to differentiate myself i just kind of started taking like baby steps and now it's like led into way more like creative videos that i'm doing yeah yeah and i mean for me it's just like doing doing what i like to do mm -hmm. and it, it, documenting it or 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 whatnot but doing what i like to do i'm not gonna I, you know i tried to do the you know streaming playing games like pewdiepie and these other folks on on twitch mm -hmm. and, and i wasn't really all that engaged in doing it which is probably why i didn't get any viewership on it because yeah, yeah i like some video games and i do like watching people freak out at horror video games. I think, PewDiePie, I think PewDiePie's thing was he would play these horror games and it would scare him. And he, yeah. was, probably, he was probably overreacting too, just to get a laugh. But, but still, it worked for him. Mm -hmm. but, like, but I'm not so much of a gamer that that's going to be, that I'm going to churn out that much content. Whereas yeah. I'm always on a set. Or right. I'm, I'm, I'm always on a set as an actor or a crew or a crew member. I'm traveling with my buddies who are also musicians, actors, uh, man, uh, uh, artist managers, aspiring artist managers, but music, musicians, actors, comedians, you know, they're into the arts and the media as well. So we go out and we're also, and then if there's on, on this podcast, we talk a lot about some of the stuff that 
we enjoy watching like pro wrestling, superhero stuff, movies, TV, comedy. We kind of talk about like a general five things. We might dabble in a little bit of the news and, and, and make fun of what's going on with, you know, like the market or make fun of what's going on with the presidency or make fun of what, what's going on with whatever. We might do a little bit of that, but we yeah. just generally stick to what, what it is that we're into because I'm not going to jump into, I'm not going to jump in too deep into politics when I'm, I don't know too much. There might be something that I'm familiar with and how I'm, and I might dabble on that, but mm -hmm. really it's about like the pop culture that we're into or, you know, film and TV. And, and it's just like, what am I into? I'm, I'm really going to stick to what doing what I love to do and talking about what I, what I like. And, and that just kind of meshes and snowballs within and of itself, but it's not going to be, I'm not going to talk about, uh, I don't know. Too much. I'm not going to talk too much about stocks because I'm, I I don't know that much about. I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm not following all the stock trends all day every day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. I don't know. I think so. I watched like some of the videos on your channel. And so, wait, how many channels do you have? Just two. Well, I used to have, I used to have three. Now there's Blue Falcons, which was like specifically a prank channel. We haven't <laughs> done it. We haven't done anything with that in years because just. Like we're too old now. How's it gonna look like a bunch of forty-year-olds pranking each other? We don't. I don't live with the guys anymore. Yeah. Most of the most of the guys are like you know so far so far spread across the U.S. that this podcast is really it. Um, then there was another channel we did called Technological where it was uh, we tried to do uh, the the Tosh Point thing and my buddy Techfall that's his rapper name Techfall mm -hmm. is like kind of a rapper doing the Josh to Josh point out the Tosh point out thing, making fun of other viral videos. Mm -hmm. And then again, and then again, he moved out. So then we tried to do a podcast on technological and that didn't work out. So the other two channels are kind of like, it's really just dead on pictures. Like the, my main okay. channel, the, the so parent. Yeah. I think we should. I mean, I like, I, I mean, I don't know too much about podcasting, but I do listen to a lot of NPR. <laughs> um, NPR, yeah. Yeah, I love the radio and that's kind of just, I actually one year asked, um, I don't know if it was for Christmas or something, or maybe like a move into my first apartment present or something, but I asked my dad to get me a radio, like a normal radio. And so I, he got it and I put it in my kitchen and that's just what he sent it, set it to NPR and that's what I was always listening to. And so, you know, the thing about NPR is they kind of have, I mean, they have, you know, celebrities on the show so that brings people in but they also have like all these great segments that they do um and like these games like the um wait wait don't tell me and these other things i feel like if you come up with some kind of game or segment for your podcast i feel like that could be a real game changer i don't know if you have any of those on but if you have just like something you know people want something to differentiate you across like aside from the rest of the podcasting channels and that's what's striking me if you have like a some sort of game or quiz time and then you could even put the um i don't know if you've ever put timestamps in your descriptions but you could even put in the timestamp just for that like those specific segments yeah. and then you could see how many people are actually um clicking specifically for that too just looking at your youtube analytics um but i don't know have you ever done that or thought of that because that seems fun seems fun we, we, yeah we have i mean it depends okay so the 
depending on who I have on and, and, and stuff like that, I might have to, I'm going to have to look into that because, you know, it's funny, like as I'm progressing, so this, so the podcast is at about 133, 134 episodes now. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you're like the 130th, you're, let's say you're my 130th guest, probably, you're probably my one, you're probably my 110th guest because we, I do a lot of round tables with these two guys you know, periodically, like once a week, once every other week, I do a round table with the same two guys. But mm -hmm. my, but my plan is to start doing round tables with previous guests. So mm -hmm. let's say, let's say my, let's say the first three people I had on this podcast, you know, like Mike, Sarah, Tom, they were episode one, episode two, episode three. I mm -hmm. want to have those three on a round table mm -hmm. and maybe do some of that stuff. Like also catch up, like, Hey, you know, uh, Stephanie, you know, mm -hmm. we, we talked back in February. Now it's six months later, you know, mm -hmm. quarantine's over, you know, it's a year later, quarantine's over. Where are those, where are those singles at? Where are those videos at? How's that, how's that Instagram presence? How's that YouTube follow uh, viewership, you know, kind of a catch up, kind of a catch up with you and, and the two of the previous guests. And yeah. then maybe, and, and that was, that was kind of an idea. Like what would be something that the three of us do? And it's kind of like this, you know, point system kind of game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, that was definitely a loose idea. That was, de it, but it was, it, but the bigger thing was like to have two to three get previous guests on together. And, right. then, and, and my, and, and like my, my main strategy is to kind of go in order. So your round table would be, you know, maybe a year from now, but the, the first one would be like of my first three guests, I might have them on, you know, like maybe in, maybe in a couple of months or something. And I don't know how I'm gonna work that out, but that's definitely an idea, like having like some kind of a contest, some kind of like a, like a trivia game or something like that. Well, what I'm thinking, since you're getting like multiple people from past shows um, and they were all at different points and I don't know, maybe you could even spread it out. So it's not like you know, persons one, two, and three, but persons one, 10, and 20, um, or like, okay, specifically for me, because I'm COVID, the first thing that came into my mind, you have um, some COVID guests back, and I don't know, bring up, this is just because I watch NPR, like, the first game that comes to my mind is, like, um, having, like, weird um, COVID facts or COVID stories that happen and try to, you know, see if people can remember exactly what happened, like, um, I mean, that's kind of just going off of the, wait, wait, don't tell me, where they're, like, um, did this happen or did this happen or did this happen? Like to finish some crazy news story that happened. Oh yeah. Two truths and a lie. Like that kind of game. Yeah, that maybe. Yeah. And yeah. maybe COVID themed and like, did this happen or did this happen? And see if like your COVID guests can remember like what was happening or, um, you know, when it's not COVID, just things happening in the world, you're not quite news, but you know, something just, yeah, I don't know, some game you'll have to think on it, whatever. Cause you said you had like what four ish topics that you talk about with people um Gen yeah generally here yeah yeah like yeah. You know, I, I do have like these areas that i cover yeah, yeah great so then maybe like pulling in you know one person from each of those topics and then thinking of some kind of game that's like trivia or jeopardy or i don't know you know something i don't know i think that's one thing because podcasts until you get people that are big enough to like draw in like these huge audiences because i'm going to obviously be putting this on my social media but my social media youtube is not that big yet um instagram for the last few months i've been getting like a thousand 
followers per month. So I'm, I'm definitely building there. But until you get like people that are big enough to bring in crowds for you, you got to differentiate somehow because like putting their name on the videos might not be enough yet. I don't know. I don't know how big the other people are that you have on the show. Um, but they're, yeah, I mean, they're all over. Yeah. Just they're, random they're, they're, they're not as famous as you though. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you, you, you kind of gave me a, a glimpse of, of your agenda. You know, you got, you got these big videos planned and, and, and some more music. What, what, what drives you? What, what's, your, what's your driving force for, music for you know for for these for 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 uh expanding social media for for what's your driving force you know behind your ideas for these music videos oh the ideas or, or like just well gen, well generally like what's your what's your driving force that you know what what inspires you to further all of this um well i guess like big picture is that one i do I love singing and I love performing. So like end goal is that I want to have a successful career in that, right? And then there's the other um, part of my brand, which is that I'm legally blind and, and visually impaired. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about. And um, if people do know anything about it, they usually go off of stereotypes. Like I have a YouTube video called, can a blind girl be pretty? Because I don't I think you were almost like inching towards this before, but like people think if you're disabled automatically in their mind, they like think you're unattractive. Um, so I've had people in my life, like actually specifically like teachers and professors who, because they are the people that know of my disability before they meet me usually, you know, cause I'll like email them in college to like tell them, or, you know, when I was in just high school, middle school, um, you know, they were notified of the kids that need accommodations and stuff. And I've had teachers up front just tell me like, well, the first time that it happened is I had a teacher in high school and I saw him in Wegmans, like the grocery store once. And then the next day in class, he was like, yeah, I had my wife with me and I've told her about you before because I love this teacher and he like loved me. I was one of his like favorites obviously um with me and my other friends like he loved our little group and so he had told his wife about us before and he told me that his wife was like yeah i didn't expect her to be so pretty and because like he had said that i was blind and i've had professors in college where they know about my disability and then i go in and open they open the door to see me for the first time and you know i can't see too much but uh you know being like shaking within distance of shaking hands i can see people's facial expressions and i've seen them just like just so much shock on their face when they see me and they're literally like are you stephanie like is that you so this is just one of the huge driving factors for me i want to like really push for a difference like for people with disabilities and who have visual impairment so that's a huge part of my brand and something i want to be as part of my career so that like those are the two things pushing me for that that end goal or like you know what I'm working towards right now in terms of like career as an artist um it's working pretty well I mean it's actually you'd be surprised like when it comes people are like how do you create content how can I think of content ideas and like the way that I really figured out how to think of content ideas is when I started thinking about who's my audience and like what I want to convey to my audience um and I've had it's been so motivating I've had people on Instagram less on YouTube because I'm I'm still like working on 
you know, getting better at YouTube, but especially on Instagram, I've had like, like a week ago or something, I had someone send me this like really long message or multiple messages about like how I've made a huge difference in their life. And like, because I'm just like, you know, putting myself out there and like talking about my disability and talking about and like putting, you know, whatever singing videos and opinions and whatnot and just like really pushing to like grow on social media and they're like you've like made such a big difference in my life and you know I'm not like th really caring about what people think and they had actually come to me for advice before but they sent me these really like heartfelt messages and that's one of the that was really motivating so that's another driving factor for me like the people I'm trying to reach are people usually you know that get bullied for whatever reason, I mean, it's probably usually not disabilities because people who are disabled is like less common than just bullying in general. Um, or, you know, people with anxiety or people who, uh, I don't know, I mean, I, it could be anything. I've talked about, I've thought about my target audience, so I have a pretty clear picture, but I'm sure I'm reaching like other people as well. But that's a huge driving factor. Like I, it's not just, I'm doing something I love and I have a message that I'm really passionate, passionate about that I want to push out into the world. It's also like, who are the people I want to reach and I want to help these people. And when they tell me that I'm doing that, like that's a huge driving factor for me. That's really been motivational because social media is like scary, honestly, <laughs> especially when you're starting and you don't have a following because you don't know what you're doing. And right. now I'm getting to the point where I have a following and they're actually like telling me how much they love me. And whenever I make a post, <laughs> That sounded a little conceited. <laughs> how much they love it. Um, but you know, how much they like like my content. Now when I like make posts on social media or I make videos, it's way less scary because I actually like know specifically the people that are gonna be interacting with it as soon as it goes up. Um, so that surprisingly has been like a newer driving factor for me, which I didn't really anticipate because I hadn't thought about it and I had never like, you know done anything on social media or like grown on social media yeah. that is um another big driving factor <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean it's a mystery to me social media and i'm still trying to figure it out i, I i'd say it's scary because you're kind of putting yourself out there to get oh judged. yeah yeah and and but then, you know no go ahead i was just gonna say what is um what's actually crazy like because so i've been doing not just watching the videos but social media like youtube youtube and instagram has analytics that you can they both have analytics that you can look at for to try to figure out what your audience likes and what it doesn't like mm -hmm. and with instagram it's a little stronger for me because i'm or um more insightful because i'm putting content on there more often than i am with youtube but one thing i've found about social media is that people are obsessed with people who have strong opinions and like um put those out there people like controversial topics so when you're yeah. putting yourself out there that's kind of the point you don't want to be my first few videos were very like hi i'm stephanie and was like not that interesting and nothing was really differentiating me and nothing was capturing people's attention but then i figured out like whenever i make posts that are very like opinionated or um even controversial or like i made a post a few days ago of someone who made a comment on one of my Instagram posts that was like, wait up, if you're, he was like, hold up, if you're legally blind, why don't you just get glasses and stop um, making everybody feel bad for you? And I was just thrown back by this comment, not super thrown back because I've gotten it so many times in my life, like people are just, what the shit? 
yeah it was ridiculous so i like i always try to like have a little bit of tact and like i you know scratched out his name so nobody knew and i posted it to my instagram i put on this long um this long description where i'm like first of all and i was like it's you are with an apostrophe aryans not y-o-u-r because he said that wrong and i just wanted to be funny to like open up the description but then i went on about like um like that's not what legally blind means and i didn't even really get into that but i just was like talking about like how i don't i'm not looking for people's pity like i'm putting out that i'm legally blind because it's part of who i am and it's how i want to like change the world and anyway but this was like a pretty controversial post that i put i have never gotten so much thoughtful engagement on a post ever like every single person that commented on that post put like a paragraph it was it was crazy so I, that was a big rant i'm not even sure what i connected from what you said but something about putting really putting who you are and your thoughts on social media is like what people eat up like they eat that shit up so I, it's yeah. scary like that's what people want to see yeah and but also it's like you have to keep it coming and for my and for me it's like i do have you know like as a filmmaker it's like i've got like these 10 films or i've got like these 20 episodes of a show and mm -hmm. that's it maybe do some bts to that and maybe kind of like behind the scenes stuff of, of additionally yeah. but it's like it's like like putting an opinion piece putting a five minute opinion piece on social media every other day for the rest of my life i got uh, that's 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 freaking exhausting that's, well that's too much people batch their content like um there are videos on how to how to batch your content and sometimes it's more realistic for some people than than others um but um i mean there are some people who will like batch their instagram content one day four hours of taking photo shoots and changing wardrobe and that that's their content for an entire month for videos it's a little harder but i don't know i don't think you need to put it on every other day unless it's instagram unfortunately which is why people batch their content there but when it comes to youtube you're using tubebuddy you're just optimizing your seo the search engine optimization and you're putting out something that's quality um usually you, you don't need this kind of of frequency right. like there's that um there's like this YouTuber like Historia Civilis or something. He's got a bunch of subscribers, but he was only putting out videos like once a month or maybe even less because he does all the animation and then has to come up with like, you know, telling you about the history. And so it can't happen. It's really just the matter of, of doing it and then being patient to let it like grow. Social media is something that definitely grows over time. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely patience, but it's also just staying true to the content and just staying true to like your vision and if it's if, if, if it's once a month it's once a month if people yeah. and, and people people are going to like it eventually get a hold of it but right, right you're absolutely right you need to have that seo freaking thing done too <laughs> you well did you you know you're pretty like because tubebuddy lets you see insights for other channels so i looked at your channel last night with tubebuddy you have like pretty you have because you have so many videos your watch time seems like it's pretty up there. Like if you could get to monetization actually like pretty quickly if you wanted to and learn how. Do you know that? Have you looked how much? Because you had like 143K views or something. So I don't know how much watch time you have. You can look so, it up. On yeah, I'm, I'm aware of the viewership. It's just the subscribers. I got to beef that up. So I'm going yeah. to look into that too, buddy. And like jump on that probably tonight. 
Yeah. That's going to be my weekend project. It's the, it's uh it's my kids. It's my kid's first birthday. Oh, and whenever he's distracted, I'm going to be like two buddy, two buddy, copy, hey. copy and paste, copy and paste keywords. Yeah. Well, yeah. When I found out about TubeBuddy, I was just like doing one video a day, like optimizing one video a day. And that's where I, you know, how much time I had. Cause it does take, it'll probably take you like, well, it depends. You'll get better at it as you like learn how to manipulate the keywords. But the first video you do is probably going to take you like 30 minutes. Maybe okay. I was optim. I mean, I was doing the SEO and then I was also like updating thumbnails and stuff. So depends how much you want to do. But do you know how much watch time you have on the channel? Not at the moment, no. Because I, because I took a break from one web series, which is kind of just like this raw kind of like behind the scenes thing, and I wanted to put a bunch of stuff out on me and the kid during COVID. My wife doesn't like to be on the YouTube, so she she mm -hmm. has to take she has to be very specific with what social media she puts out. Yeah. But I but I took a bunch of videos of me and of me and the kid, uh, you know, over the last year and kind of did just a, like this little catch up, multi-episode catch up, you know, mm -hmm. where, where have we been type, type thing, just to also showcase this kid grew up fast, you know, he's huge, he's gargantuous, but uh, yeah, um, I haven't taken a look at it because I, I uploaded so much stuff recently and then, and then still on top of this thing and then trying to, um, and at some point in the next couple of months, I got to look at the algorithms for the the two crime shows as well, um, yeah, and, and see what that is and start beefing things up. Do you have an Instagram for any of your channels, or it's just purely YouTube? Just, I, I have an Instagram, and it's, but my Instagram is for the, the Dead on Pictures channel, essentially. Yeah, no, I don't have anything personal. The the Facebook, the Tumblr, the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube. What the hell else is there? Pinterest, Reddit. I think that's it. It's all. It's just all promote. It's all promotion for what it is I'm doing. So it's either going to be my acting career, my film career, or the or the YouTube channel. That's all my social media is. It's all kind of like intertwined. Well, I was just going to suggest. So like what I did. Cause my first year on YouTube, I got like literally like 70 subscribers. Granted, I didn't put like many videos on and I wasn't learning anything about the social media or not the first year, like the first six months or something when I realized I was going nowhere and I was like, I need to like get my shit together and learn how to do this. Um, one thing that got me so many subscribers and I made a video on it cause I feel like people just don't do it. If you just go on Instagram and I did this when I had, I think like about 1200 followers or something like that I just went through all of my followers and I sent them a dm like hey so and so put the name in so they know it's not spam and I was just like hey I have a youtube channel um and then I would say like hey the first hundred subscribers are the hardest like it would mean a lot if you if you click that button and then after I got the first hundred and then it was like oh the first few hundred and then the first thousand like um kept updating that text but I was getting just from doing that for I don't know how many people I was messaging a day, pretty much whatever time I could put into it. The max I got, I think I got like 35 subscribers in a day once just from messaging people and asking if they would like do me that solid. So that's why I'm saying like you could, I feel like you're pretty close to the watch time, I think. I, I can only see the views. I can't see the watch time. So it's 10, it's 10,000 and 1,000, right? No, 4,000 hours of watch time and 1,000 subscribers. I'm, um, I'm, I'm well past the watch time. 
You are? Dude, yeah. are you kidding me? You need to like do something. <laughs> money yes. from your step video. This, step this shit up. Oh, do I, am I going to get retro pay for that? No. Well, no. Can't get, yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm like, dude, you need to get, you could get, what do you, you need less than 700 subscribers? Come on, man. Like, <laughs> no shit. Yeah, just on that, ask anyone everywhere. Cause it's, you don't have to, the only thing that's against their policy is no sub for sub. So if someone is like, I'll only subscribe if you subscribe to my channel, that's against YouTube's policy. Can't do that. And that's rude when people ask that anyway. But if you like ask them, um, just ask people. Like I was getting like 25 up to 35 people just in a single day, not even from content, but literally just asking them, hey, would you mind like giving that a click? And then you won't get paid for everything before, but your videos, like from that moment on, the views gaining, you'll still get. So it's not like, only from new content it's it is from your old content but only like the views that start after you get monetized mm -hmm. you should be money off of this man like come on <laughs> all right i might i might i'm definitely gonna start because i have been i have been reaching out to 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 instagram so if someone on instagram you know if someone likes something i'll, I'll reach out to them like hey thanks for the like you know check out our website check out our yeah. channel and things of that nature i've been doing that so maybe i just need to do it more well it harder I, um you know, specifically to the followers, and I don't know if you're sending people links, I I would suggest not doing that if you like say, hey, this is our stuff, and then you send them also a link. Because whenever I open up a message, because people who like are on Instagram a lot get so much spam, where like if they, they have so many messages where it's someone literally just shooting them a link, and I don't, yeah, I don't even read those messages anymore. So I'm just, that's a piece of advice if you're giving people your link. I would always write the message, put the person's name in it so that they know it's not, you know, spam and then not putting a link because they also, people usually like don't like getting links shoved in their face and then yeah. just ask them like with a really quick message. That was like the most effective for me. So, okay. and followers, I don't know about people liking, there's a lot of like bots on, you know, Instagram of people doing like fake likes and, and stuff. So right. yeah, followers are probably better, but some followers are, are crap too. It just depends. I don't know. <laughs> well, so it's almost March. Is it too late in your opinion? Because there's always these people like, you know, out to June, people are still saying happy new year, but it's, it's not even March yet. Is it too late to say happy new year in your opinion? Um, it's February. What is it? February 26th. Is, yeah. is it too late to say happy new year right now? Not if it's like someone you don't really see that often. I mean, it was the first time you and I have communicated. So I, f I feel like that's still appropriate for like, the two of us <laughs> so maybe not someone you see all the time that you've seen since new right. year I, right exactly so <laughs> with that in mind what's what's your what's the what's the new year new you what's the new stephanie what's the new normal new stephanie the new year the new year new stephanie um man for me it's like, I, I don't know. I This latest video that I just edited that I'm putting up tomorrow, that felt like a huge moment, hallmark moment for me because this is the first video that I'm actually like really excited to put up. Like what I was talking about, people like opinions. And I have put a video somewhat like that before, like can a blind girl be pretty? But um, it wasn't very... I was trying to keep myself pretty filtered on that. And then I realized that it's better to just not be filtered, especially on YouTube. And so I, 
I think the footage at first was like over 30 minutes. I was just ranting and ranting. And then when I've edited this video, it's all it's only down to, or it's down to only 12 minutes now because I just took my favorite pieces of it um, and put that all in the video and then added like really good audio, not just one song throughout the whole thing, but like changing music and audio and I don't know. So the new Stephanie new me is just that I actually like know what I'm doing now when it comes to creating content and you know, putting myself on social media, which is really exciting because, you know, since I started, I knew nothing. I mean, I, it's not that I didn't even know about social media. I had not been even on it myself. Like I'm not a huge beforehand. I was not a huge social media person. So I didn't even know it was out there, but now I like know what's going on, <laughs> like make content. So I'm just really excited. That's like the new, the new normal for me is going to be like, Okay, I'm I'm doing the the footage. I'm doing all the post like for the um, just like more like blogging videos. I actually like you know know how to use like Canva and PicMonkey and Visco and you know all the the apps you need to really make good quality content. And I, I already know how to do the SEO and optimize like hashtags on Instagram. So I just like I finally know what I'm doing. So now I can actually just like make good content and make it like visually and. Um, visually and auditorily how what would the word be for that <laughs> visually appealing uh, also like you know good to the ears so yeah, yeah the new normal is just constantly working on more of the creative side and coming up with like cool concepts which i wish i could like point to a video but nothing has been made yet it's all like in development but that's what i see i have like literally like a I have the next like six months planned out in terms of my YouTube content that's all like in the works right now. So it's awesome. busy. That's my new me. It's busy. Absolutely. <laughs> busy and creative. Yeah. Busy and creative. Well, uh, of course, uh, any plugs, links, socials you want to put out there? Well, yeah. Well, I saw that and I was like, I have a link tree i mean my so my instagram is just stephanie runberg my facebook is stephanie runberg official um and then you know my my youtube is also stephanie runberg it's all just under my name but i thought if i just send you my link tree would that be easiest maybe to put yeah, it yeah yeah i'll put yeah so yeah in the description your link tree and and what i'll probably end up doing is just each individual link as well but yeah that's what i do, what I do. i'll make, make make sure all the plugs all the links are in there in the description yeah Okay, awesome. Yeah, I mean, I have, yeah, just tell me what you want and I'll, I'll send it to you. The link tree is what I thought would be easiest because it's like all in one. Um, I had the, I had the link tree. So you do? yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll go ahead and plug that in there. Awesome. Okay. Well, Stephanie, I, I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I learned a lot. Uh, not all blind people are ugly and <laughs> they, they, they can sing and act too. So that's awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me. This was fun. I definitely... I'm like leaning in my chair now. You can see I, I reached that like relaxed, chill atmosphere that you were talking about us achieving. So just just as we start to end, you finally get relaxed. Well, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, Stephanie, I can't I can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, the two singles, um, hourglass, hour hourglass, stop, drop, reset, um, Instagram, YouTube, the new new content coming out soon. So yeah, again, Stephanie, it was awesome. Glad, glad to see someone staying active and productive during these times. It, it's been a weird time for sure. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, to my viewers, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. Until next time, you know what to do.
Thanks, man. To the viewers out there, if you want to become an honorary member of the Zombie Squad, send me some, uh, hit me up on, on any of the socials. Um, send me the name that you want to be credited as, as your, as a honorary member of Zombie Squad. Send me your favorite one or two profile pictures, avatars, what have you, your profile pictures on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and we can squad you up. I will make you an honorary member of the Zombie Squad and I, I'll, and, and I'll design all this stuff. I'll design a t-shirt. I'll design your logo, your whole Zombie Squad kind of profile if you want to be an honorary member of zombie squad and give you the options to buy a t-shirt to buy a phone case to buy a pillow to buy a tapestry to buy a hoodie to whatever the hell you want but if you want to be an honorary member of the zombie